McFarlane. 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 McFarlane Energy, thanks once again for sponsoring uh, the Bradfoe Show. Today is a very special Bradfoe Show. It's always special when you catch up with old friends. Right, Coop? Oh, my gosh. The oldest of greatest friends. Too. The oldest of greatest friends. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's honestly good to see this guy and this guy being Mookie Betts. Um, I saw him in the, in the locker room, in the clubhouse. And today with Dodgers are playing the White Sox. I just happened. I said, let's go take in the great game of baseball at Guaranteed Rate Park Field because it's such a great stadium. I can't get enough of it. Beautiful so, stadium, beautiful surroundings. I, yeah. I might go so far as to say the best ballpark in, uh, in America. You're lying. Um, so I walk in the Dodgers clubhouse. I see Mookie. I hadn't seen him since he left. I always get along with him pretty well. I enjoy talking with him. Um, and, uh, so, you know, he was great. I mean, we sat down in the dugout and we chopped it up a little bit. I asked him very important questions. Like how would you deal with Draymond Green? Um, uh, if he improved and in between, if, 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 in between those two questions, he talked a lot about leaving Boston, Um, an awful lot. Yeah. So before we get to that, why don't we just let people hear, uh, Mookie Betts sitting down in the dugout at Guaranteed Rate Field with the Bradfoe Show. As we sit here right now, what do you? How much have you progressed since you left Boston? Progressed? Yeah, I mean, as a, I mean, you were obviously a really good player, but do um, you feel like that you've gotten even better since? I mean, obviously, when you get older, you learn things and everything else. I think that's probably the main thing. You just have learned, learned a lot. I mean. Um, it's, it's tough to say, you know, that I was better, that I'm better now than in Boston. Um, I think I'm just like more mature. Um, you know, I was young in Boston, really raw. Um, and I think I, you know, I had some good people around me with, you know, Jackie, Victorino when he was there. I mean, um, Okay, Ar- Arnie, Arnie Baylor was, you know, a huge reason why I am who I am today, especially as an outfield and, um, you know, Big Pop. You know, I had a, a great crew of people around that, that helped me become who I am today and taught me so many things. But when I was able to leave, when I left, um, I was able to remember every, everything I learned and kind of apply it now when I don't have those watchful eyes over me, so... I mean, you know, I, I would say I'm just more mature. When obviously, you know, everyone wanted you to stay, but everyone wanted you to stay, and and you were very honest about like the whole business decision part of it. Um, when when that whole went down, was it was it just, hey, listen, it's just not going to line up? I mean, did did it become to a point where it just was not going to line up, and you understood that, they understood that, and that's why they made the deal? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean. Um, you know, they had uh, things they needed to take care of, and they were in a situation where they had to do what's best for them, you know? I mean, you can't really be mad at somebody for having to do what's best for them, especially when you have to do what's best for you, you know? And um, there was definitely no hatred there. Time did a great job and you know, kind of talking and being upfront and honest and made the whole process smooth. So, um, you know, it sucks, but, you know, it's part of it. But, you know, the, the fact is, it just, what, maybe in January or something? I mean, was that be fair to say, 
hey, they came and said, this is along the lines of what we're talking about. And you said, well, I'm looking for this, and it's not because you were traded, obviously, a month later. Um, I think, uh, you know, there was an offer that was put out there, and we just declined, you know, and we felt, uh, um, I just wanted to give my value, man. That, that's all. I mean, I just, just like any person that lives, they want to get their value, what they're worth. There's, that's that's pretty much all that all that it was, and um, it just the numbers didn't align, which is normal, you know. <laughs> it's all normal things, and so um, you know, we just had to go separate ways. I mean, it's just like it's just like anything else, and um, then there was a lot of talk of like I didn't want to stay or this, that, and the other, and that's all just false. I mean, it's just business, you know. It, it, it is what it is. I mean. Nothing we can do about it now, though. Was it hard? I mean, I remember talking to you in Texas. It might have been the last series. And you talked about how you learned how to sort of treat it as a business. Mm-hmm. And and you said, I remember you always saying that saying that early, the hardest one was the first offer to turn right. down, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, Mom, I've never right. seen this much money. Right. Yeah. But when you get to the point where, you know, it was at the end, was it like, okay, you know, I have a pretty good grasp of this. And, you know, well, yeah, yeah, I would like to stay in Boston, but if, if it's not my value, it's not my value, I'll go on. I mean, it was exactly that, you know. I mean, I was able to kind of... Uh, get over saying no the first time and you know, seeing seeing these big numbers on, on paper, you know, and uh, once I was able to say no, like I said, the first time it got a little easier, a little easier, and then you just start to understand the, the business side, and then once you understand the business side, you can't, I mean, some people can, I mean, it just depends on what you want, you know, and, you know, I just wanted to get what I felt like I was worth. Um, that's pretty much all, all, all that was. And, you know, it's, I had to kind of put emotions to the side, um, which was definitely hard to do. I mean, you know, I've spent my whole life there, you know, my whole baseball career there. I mean, I got drafted in 2011, played my first game in 2011, and then, you know, so eight years, nine years, you know, including minor leagues. I mean, knew everybody in the world. I mean, that's... It's stuff with so many memories and everything that you, you know, I'll never forget. I mean, you know, you don't want to do it. You don't just up and want to leave that, you know. Especially, oh, I meant me, me. I, sure. I, I definitely didn't. I mean, but you know, when you also take off, take, try and take out the emotions and think, it's hard, about, think about, yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. It's very hard to do, but um, it just depends on what you want, you know. And I wanted my value, so I had to take off. To take out those emotions, if you know, if, I, if it was more of an emotional decision, which would have been perfectly fine, which people do, yeah. um, you know, it may be a different story. But um, it's two and a half years. Two, two and a half years. Now. I know, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like it seems like forever ago. Yeah. Especially when I, you know, watch them on TV, and I don't even know half the people there. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, it is what it is. I still talk to the guys, so uh, you know, th- those relationships are all. All there, we'll never, you know, probably never leave. But you know, it is what it is. The, you know, obviously, you say you talk to the guys, you look at. We're going through the same stuff we went through with you, Mm -hmm. right? With Rafi, Xander, all of it. Um, It's everyone's different, like you said. Every, and it's not like it would be unfair to just say, hey, what advice would you give them? Because everyone's different, right? 
I mean, but you can understand what it's like to go through that in Boston. You know. Yeah, I mean, for sure. They'll they'll get to it. I mean, I'm sure all the fans will say they have traitors and want them to leave too. But you know, they 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 uh, they got to make they got to do what's best for them, man. And so I want whatever's best for them. If they want to stay, stay. If they want to if they want to get their value, then get their value. Like it just depends on who who you are, what you want, and um, nobody can tell them what what they want more than them you know nobody can explain what's best for them other than them and so uh, you know what, it's a weird it's a weird thing though yeah it is it is, it is weird i mean it's everyone's terrible. like you know when xander takes a deal and i mean he admitted this i mean like, i just want to stay right in mm-hmm. 2000 heading in now his mindset's different you know rafi's a different mindset right All, everyone's different right i mean it's just understanding that i mean I know. Yeah, it's pretty much just understanding that and, and being okay with that. Now, I think the. Now I know the front office is doing. They got to do what they got to do, and the players got to do what they got to do. But I just want whatever looks best for them, man. You know, those are all lifelong friendships that I have that I'm gonna have, and you know, just whatever ends up happening is, you know, whatever. The last revisionist thing we talk about trade deadlines, and I, we've been talking about this the last couple. Did you think you could get traded in that 2019 during the year? Leading up to the trade deadline, you guys were sort of in it. You weren't. Uh, no, I didn't think so. I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe I was thinking about it. I think you were kind of in between. You guys were sort of yeah, like in the, we were close. you didn't really like Dave didn't even do anything, which for him wasn't. Yeah. Different, you know. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, I don't. I don't think I was thinking about it. I thought we were too close. We were on like the line where we could have gotten hot and you know made it in the playoffs. But um, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to get traded. Okay. So last question is a basketball question because I always like talking basketball with you. I remember sitting there and you asked me if Joel Embiid was a good contract. Uh, and I said no, which probably was wrong. Yeah. Uh, what's I have to get Mookie Betts' take on the the finals right now. I mean, the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors. The Celtics getting one in in, in uh, Golden State was huge. Because then I think they can win one at home. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't care. I don't care who wins. Um, but I just want to see a really good series. Um, and you know, them them scratching one in Golden State. I think they'll get one at home. At a two-two, two-two series. I don't, I don't, I don't know who, who can win that because I mean the Celtics can, they can, they can D up enough to, they can keep it to keep the Warriors to like a hundred, hundred and ten somewhere in there. They can win those games. When it starts getting higher than that, I think it's. How would you handle Draymond? If I'm the Celtics, yeah, I would let him shoot every. I, I would. I, yeah, but this is what we're like get, get like the whole thing about. Marcus Smart says, hey, go back at him. Al Horford says, ignore him. I mean, his whole... Oh. Um, I would ignore him. I would ignore him. Yeah. Yeah, That's like, not a shot at his personality. It's just like who he, you know, like, that's what he thrives on, you know, like, those, that, the, the... No, say it's not. They're not dirty plays. No, it does like the, the chaos. Chaos. Yeah, he, yes. he, he 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 thrives on that. You know, some people do, some people don't. Um, but if I'm the Celtics, I definitely 
I definitely try and just, uh, you know, shut it out and just focus on my game because in doing, like, you start playing his game, then he, he's going to win his game. You know, he's going to, he, he's, Jerry Wine's going to win his Why scoring five points? Yeah, he, he's going to win that. <laughs> Um, yeah, you don't don't want to start playing uh, Draymond Green. Um, this is the last thing. Do you have anything you want to say to the people in Boston? And like you said, like people love you, Boston. Like, yeah, I just don't want anybody to, especially when I go back, man. I don't want it to be like it was some hatred or something. Like I didn't want to be there. Like I fucking love everybody in Boston, man. You know, I, I loved it. That was the best time of my life. You know, um, obviously it's a new chapter now, and you know, you gotta live live where my feet are, but. Know, never forget all those memories and all the fans and all the things that I did involve all the people. You know that that, that was my life. You know, and I, something I'll never forget. Every time I go back to Boston, I'll embrace. You go back to all the places that I used to go to and you see all the people I used to see. And, you know, just tell everybody you know I love and, and thank everybody for the opportunity, the, the, the cheers, the, the booze. You know, the happiness, the, the crying, the, you know, the ups and downs, everything, man. It was just uh, a great, great time in my life. And I just want to thank everybody for, you know, for that. All right, thanks. All right, well, there you go, Mookie. Um, I know my takeaways. What's your takeaways, Coop? Mookie swore. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> a little bit. Kind of, he, he gave, he gave the book. Like that, uh, yeah, it's kind of like censoring himself. I, I tell you, yeah, like I told my wife in the Xander after she listened to the Xander Bogarts podcast, I said, You get him in the rocking chair, it's just two guys talking. And yeah. once they curse, you know, it's just two guys talking. You, you, you got him right where you want him. But, yeah. um, I mean, I, mean, I, that, I will say this, was, I, I will say this before you go on. Yep. So, you know, you know, obviously, I started with, and I'm generally interested in how he thinks he might have improved as a baseball player since he left because I don't know if people have been following what he's been doing, but it's been incredible. It's really been incredible. Um, so I am interested in that. But then you have to dive into the whole Boston thing, right? And you don't know which way this is going to go. Like, you don't know. And, um, and it went away. So that's where I'm going to leave it to you to give your take. So his first quote that he gave, and I, so when I had called you earlier, I had only listened up to that point and the part where you had, you'd asked him about, you know, how Xander and uh, Raphael Devers are, are going to take some of this like contract stuff and what his opinions on what he's seeing out of that. And, And the only line that I took from that was that the fans are going to make you out to be like the villain. Wait, the quote, I believe he said every fan is saying that. Which I kind of like that, that, I mean, that tugged at me because I was a big Mookie fan. I was an advocate for keeping him here. I was very furious that Heimbloom, you know, sold him off. I still am a little upset about that. And like I said on the last thing, like you make that deal with the promise that you were going to bring in multiple championships down the road. Like that, that's the only reason you get rid of a guy like that. And being that guy, I can only imagine like, how awful that feels and how he talks about it being the business and everything, but at the heart of it, it, everyone wants to be wanted, right, Rob, Rob, you you want to be wanted. Before we go on, I'll address what you said about him saying, Oh, well, like how the fans took it. I think you're taking a little too literal. Like, I think that 
when he says that, he sort I'm of, a man that lives in hyperbole, Rob. I take everything literal. So I think, you know, there's <laughs> when he's talking about like the fans, it's it's yeah, the fans are like basically what you have to brace yourself is any sort of blowback that you're gonna get uh from from people who are taking one side of the view. And so this is and when I say that, this is a theme throughout my conversation with him. The thing that struck Miku was that he like was very, very wary of how the perception of him leaving was in Boston. Right. Did you get that? It's still, I mean, still to this day, because he would say something, he would pause and he would almost kind of go back on it and re-explain his thought on it. Like trying to make sure that everyone that hears what he's saying is not getting him wrong. Yeah. So, so, and, you know, this is where I, this is where I took away from it was, I I don't want to say this, like saying, Oh my goodness, we did a podcast with Mookie Betts. It's unbelievable. I can't believe we got him. But I don't know if Mookie Betts has talked about this stuff since he left. So you think this is like Brady stuff? He, He hasn't really shown his cards on everything. I don't, well, I definitely get the feel of like he, there was some curiosity with him about how he was being viewed in Boston. Maybe like, he's still trying to figure that out. Maybe like he's still well, like trying well, to wrestle I mean, with you know, the idea. I, mean, of, I think like, you know, like he came, come, came back a few, a uh, few times to talk about like people say that I want, I didn't want to come back. And of course that was ridiculous. Right. And, you know, that was, he said it, like I said, a few times. That was something that he definitely wanted to get across. That definitely was on his mind. And by the way, it definitely has been out there in terms of a narrative. I mean, there's no question about it. Now, I never bought into that. When, when I was always asked about that, I said, no, I don't think so. I think, you know, if he, the, the price was right, he would have come back. But I, I don't know if he's definitively said this. And I don't remember, to be honest with you, the press conference he had with Dodgers. I don't think, like, certainly that's not the scene where you're going to people going to ask, hey, did you want to come back to Boston? Whatever he's going to say, I think it's sort of going to be in general terms. But it's been two and a half years now. It's been two and a half years for him to let this settle in a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, he's almost alluded to one time that he was he was almost looking for a way out or that it, it wasn't. It just like he never really saw it working out in Boston. He's never, and again, that's again, that's again saying like he's never said he wouldn't come back. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that he never said that. And and when I, you know, when I talked to him and I said, you know, I was trying to sort of like give the timeline what I thought was happening, which I, from what I understand, this is sort of the timeline of what happened, which is Red Sox, here you go, here's the offer, right? And, and whenever that was, January, whenever that was. And then it was clearly not going to happen, so they trade him. And he sort of confirmed that by saying, hey, listen, you know, it just wasn't – they made an offer. It wasn't what I thought I was valued at. And no hard feelings. I'm moving on. I mean, we know with Mookie, it was always the business, the business, the business. I mean, in that last year, how many times did we hear from him? It's a business. This is a business decision. And it's like said, Godfather too, right? Know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yes, minus the horse head in the bed. Yes, absolutely. So, is that a thing? I I barely. Saw I, it. 
in yeah in the godfather well yeah. godfather one technically okay. yeah i know but you're, you're spot on you're I, spot I, on i saw top gun too but not godfather too um crimes so crimes against american uh, cinematography but he then went on later and with your discussion to kind of double back on the whole all the fans are saying this because he said that he misses the that aspect of boston and he how much people do care about yeah, you, you seem like you're you seem like you're stung by this like all the fans are saying this comment i i think and especially with the advent of social media um i think during that whole process it was pretty well known that it was an ownership decision and that it was never going to be like him really like his performance or his attitude well, or anything like that he says at one point it was a really quick comment but he says like they decided that i'm paraphrasing they decided they had other things yes and i think that's that's incredibly true i think like heim bloom one of the parameters to hiring him for the ownership was he had a plan to unload mookie i I can't imagine that there were talks there where it wasn't like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Well, and so when I asked him about, I asked him about the trade deadline, and because this has come up recently, because um, it lines up with Devers. What Mookie was, was lines up with Devers right now. And so back then in 2019, it was, they were sort of in it, but they weren't. Um, and... And I know that it was discussed by the Red Sox brass, should we trade Mookie Betts? Should we trade Mookie Betts? And so I just wanted to know from his perspective, did he was, was this on your rate his radar? Was he going to get dealt then? Because then I wanted to sort of spin it toward Devers, you know, because if it looks like the Red Sox have righted the ship and this isn't going to happen, this isn't the same situation. But if it did get to that point, you know, I always said this once Heim Bloom was hired. If Bloom was in that situation that Dave Dombrowski was back at that trade deadline, I think he trades Mookie Betts. Like, I think he trades him. I don't have I think any good G. I think any good GM does that. And that's like the business side of things. Well, they're like, only like, you're only a game and a half back of Tampa. And th- then they just fell apart. So, um, but you obviously going to get. But, that, but the whole thing there is like the whole, entire season, the, the looming threat was that Mookie was going to go to free agency and he was going to, you know, right. weigh nobody, the options of not being thought, there. Nobody believed that they were going to sign him. Yeah. Like, no, and because what he kept saying, business decision, business decision. And, and the thought was, you go back to that, where, you know, the perception was that he was going to ask for trout money, the 400 million, right? Yep. And the Red Sox were never going to go that high. He lands at something like 365 because, you know, pandemic, business, everything else. But even the Red Sox offer wasn't even that, wasn't close to that. So it was a business decision. But it just comes back. I'm just going to come back to my overall thought of, of like, my perception talking to Mookie besides the Draymond Green conversation, obviously, which was very important. I mean, um, he just exposed the Warriors' whole um, I know. plan for Game Three. He loves talking basketball. That's why. Yeah. But, um, but really, sort of this, like his unknown of how he's being viewed in Boston. Like that's my perception. Like even when I say at the very end, okay, what's your message to the fans? I mean, he could have just said something real quick. I mean, that answer was what, like a minute long, at least minute and a half. He kept, and that's, and like I said, like he kept adding to it and rethinking about like the way he's phrasing it. 
and I, I think there is a part of him that like really does care about like what player doesn't care about public perception. And, no, no, I, mean, I don't think there's any question. Yeah. And, and like, I, what would you say about Dodgers fans or Dodger media compared to Red Sox or Boston's fans and media? Like what's the big I mean, difference? It's different. I mean, I, I can't speak to the Dodgers. I mean, every media has different people in the media and, I don't think the media is a big part of it. I mean, it's. But I mean, as far as as far as structuring likability, what? As far as structuring likability, do you think it's probably easier to be a Dodgers player and be favored? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. probably. But you know, I I think that everyone believed that Mookie landed in a good place, right? And that has with with one World Series ring on his finger, in addition to the twenty eighteen, it's hard not to MVP, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, he's a favorite right now to win the MVP once again. Oops. He's gonna, you know, he's trying. Do you want to call your shot now? MVP. Oh, I'll call my shot. He's gonna go in the Hall of Fame. He's gonna he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. That's a no doubter. Well, I mean, good, not no doubter. Still brazen. I, I think brazen proclamation by me. Un- unless something like Manny Machado sliding into Dustin Pedroia comes along for Mookie Betts, which I knock on wood for. Yeah. I mean. He's he's going to end up a Hall of Famer. Well, another guy that I talked to in the clubhouse was Bruce Dargraderall. <laughs> sort of. I mean, what was he, that conversation like? Well, any, any similar to do it? Um, it was weird because, so you know, I'm just I'm there, and you know, I'm there, and we're talking to Joe Kelly and stuff like that. But we're back in the White Sox. We're back in the the uh, our, our home away from home, the Chicago, and. You know, I'm like in the Dodgers clubhouse. So what can I do while I'm waiting to see Mookie? And like, okay, well, there's Bruce Dark Gradrall. I go over and talk with some of the Dodgers writers. And I guess he hadn't been pitching well lately. So they want to talk about that. So I let them ask the questions. And then I awkwardly say, I, I'm from Boston. And are you surprised that the Red Sox, that you did not end up with the Red Sox? And this is what he said, or this is what the translator said. So, going back a little ways, were you surprised that you didn't end up with the Red Sox when all that stuff was going on? Because that's because I was surprised that no, no, you had to go with the Red Sox when you changed the first time. No, really, I wasn't surprised. I was, after what happened, I was a bit upset by the comments that they made about me, about my shoulder. That's what I was, but I wasn't surprised by anything. Yeah, no, I wasn't surprised. You know, I was a little bit um, taken back by some of the comments that they made about my shoulder, but I wasn't really surprised to end up where I ended up. No, I think that just helped me motivated and keep me focused, you know, to do my job and to keep pitching the way that I have, and it and has resulted in a World Series, and, and the results are there. So... Yeah, I mean, so he was obviously upset that the Red Sox were saying that his shoulder was bad because even though he's not pitching well, he's pitching. And I love that he's a favorite of pitching ninja. I mean, every once in a while, yeah. we get the Bruce Dark Gratterall. Oh, my goodness, 101 mile an hour two-seamer. So, uh, and, you know, I think that even with this downturn now, I think that if, you, if the Red Sox knew that his health was going to be what it is right now in that Mookie Betts trade, my guess is they would have taken Bruce Dark Gratterall over Connor Wong and Jeter Downs. Definitely over Connor Wong. I don't want to disparage Connor Wong. No, you, you, don't, you don't get – no, it's, it's – yeah, yeah, it's not like one, one or the other. It's yeah. either those two or the one. I mean, 
no matter what, no matter what for me, it's, it's always going to be the, well, you just unloaded them so you can pay or not really even pay guys. Cause we're not even seeing well, that. That's, now. that's another part of it though, is the David price money. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, well, that was another huge part of it, which I also talked to price a little bit. So oh. um, yeah, you didn't tell me that much. Now I'm you're peaking my interest here, Rob. Yeah, well, it was, you know, it was what it was. It was, it was what it was. It was what it was. Just two dudes catching up. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was friendly. It was all good. Um, but uh, he didn't, yeah, he didn't show think, you any I of the think, cards that he now that, holds. What, what's up? I said he didn't show you any of the cards that he now holds. No, no, we did not talk about cards. We did not talk about any of those stuff. I think everyone's moved on. I, yeah. know, and, I, and honestly, like, I mean, Mookie is the guy I wanted to talk to. Like, I talked to David Price about other stuff, about the, the state of baseball stuff, which he's always really, really good at. Like, he's talking about – he was great talking about, like, basically how people can wear jewelry now, which, like, two years ago they couldn't, which he's right. It's bizarre. So, uh, so um, I mean, he – you know, that's a hyperbole, but still, yeah. you get well, I mean, point. If, we, if we really want to hyperbolize, we can say, you know, David Ortiz was the, was the godfather of that, you know, his last season, yeah, but, popping but, open the, but, the jersey but, with the chains. It was, you know, it was frowned upon for younger players and so forth and so on. He also asked, he's like, why is players weekend? Like, where'd that go? I didn't even think about that. Right. I didn't. I, maybe because they well, do City Connect now. Exactly. City Connect like, that's takes what, that over. Uh, so when I have to resolve such matters, I always turn to Joseph Kelly and he explained that was the case. Although it's not, I, I think it's not apples to apples. I think the players generally like the players weekend thing. Like I, I'll be honest. I enjoyed the city connect even more. It's cool yeah. having like the personalized nicknames and everything on the back of the Jersey, but then you always end up with like the same storylines where the Yankees are just doing their typical last name or like, Brett Gardner's being a hardo and not even putting his last name on it. Yeah. Um, so it, it also the last year that they had them where it was just the, the neutral colors, black and white. That was pretty lame. I, you talk about baseball wanting to advocate for the players and everything. And they're just like, Hey, here's black and white stuff. Um, so I think the city connect is much better. And it's also like you had jazz Chisholm tonight hitting or Tuesday night. You love, uh, but boy, you love jazz Chisholm. He's, he's a cool player. He's a cool player, man. You hit a grand slam and you just pop on a, a, a Miami Marlins uh, helmet. Probably better. Probably could string up right now for, for the Miami Dolphins, especially if Brian Flores is in charge of the team. But I mean, like, he's a cool dude. Wait, like, what part of this whole baseball isn't boring thing do you not want to keep him looped in on? I, I, uh, all I can think of is how quick I'm going to cut that, right? That you, you yelling that just now. It's going to be awesome. Um, I, I don't disagree. We'll have Jazz Chisholm on the podcast somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. I mean, I think that's the takeaway, right? That's the takeaway. You fly to random places and you interview interesting. You end up, you end up with something. Well, I mean, I, I was talking to an unnamed writer who's covering the Red Sox out in Anaheim right now. I was like, yeah, I talked to Mookie. He's like, well, that's a lot better than what's going on here. <laughs> oh, and I'm thinking – you know, maybe this is something that people should do more often. Instead of just following the, the team's beat. Yeah, you just, you just do what whatever you else is zagging. I think Jeff Passan kind of figured that out, no? Well, you can, he's national. He can do that. that is, that's what you're doing. You're doing something that, well, you're doing national. No, 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 no,
Now he, if you're a national writer, you can drop in anywhere. You do any story you want, but you have to have bringing. Typically, if you're going to go somewhere, you have to bring it back to local ties. Yeah, yeah. And Mookie is a local guy, as is Bruce Dark Gratterall, of course. The national local beat writer, Rob Bradford. Uh, yes, I go to parts unknown. Yeah. Um, well, all right. So that's our takeaway from the Mookie Betts interview. Were you, were you happy? Were you sad? Were you? Oh, I was happy. The, the, the very ending of that and you reaching out to him and being like, hey, do you have anything to say to the fans? You got, you got any sweet nothings you want to say to the folks back in Boston? Uh, and that, I, that was a good that, conclusion on that. That is, I, I, having taken that tack before, that is a big risk when you do that. Really? That, that could end with a thud. Like, he can, like, no, nah, uh, no, just hello. Yeah, like, not right now. No, I mean, not right now. It, that, it, it's obviously a campy question, but sometimes, sometimes, and it, this was that case where they have a little bit more to say. It's basically giving them an opportunity to say whatever I didn't, like, extract from them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, instead of it's like, it's like the equivalent of saying anything else. But if you say anything else, it's, it's the PS. It's the PS at the end of the right. day. They're going to say, no, I don't I get anything. But if you have a mess, a heartfelt message to the fans. Yes. So I mean, when's the next time that you see the Dodgers coming here? Because they came uh, well, back, they came back like, here. I, what, asked after, I said, I said, do you play at Fenway? He's like, no, not this year. So oh. maybe next year. I mean, in. Before, like, not counting the World Series, they came here in 2019 to play the Joe Kelly's return and everything. Um, but before that, they hadn't played the Red Sox in a while. And that might change now, especially with, you know, leagues being so fluid. Yeah. AL's playing NL all the time. So maybe that changes. Maybe he comes back sooner rather than later. I would love to see that. I would love to see the but reunion. Yeah, I mean, not to go down this road again, but I will. I don't remember him talking about this stuff. And I'm pretty... No, not, not, not this extensively. I'm usually pretty good about remembering this stuff. So I don't I mean, during remember... The, during it, the World it, Series, during the, the World Series, during the COVID, during the World Series, like the COVID World Series, where they had won, like, they had obviously talked to him about that and winning the World Series in the past, but it was always talking about how wonderful it was to be with his, like, teammates and winning everything. You yeah. never really heard anything in regards to like the fans or the Boston in general. Yeah. About the, again, to paraphrase, but the perception, his perception in Boston, like his perception in Boston, um, which, and I told him, I said, listen, I, I think I told him after the fact, I said, like, if, if it wasn't, if you weren't liked in Boston, I would dance around it. Right. But yeah. I can tell you, you are very well liked, and I can. All you need to do is go to every time that Mookie Betts has, does something good, which is a people, lot. People are usually tweeting like, "Oh, they should have oh, paid him," or "I oh, wish he was yeah. still here," or like, can, "Like, you know, he makes." What, great- what would you put the percentage out of people like true Red Sox fans that paid? Like, I would. I'll say they watch a Red Sox fan that watches more than fifty percent of the games each year. How many of them do you think? still like him, still wish that he played here. 100. Really? You would say 100%. Who, who wouldn't? Oh, you, you have Joe Blow from Marlboro that's like oh, he took Marblehead. Yeah, he's just like, I, he took the money, he sold he out. Want, I mean, the, he doesn't want to play. He didn't even pick the Celtics people. to win the finals. He, 
he's thinking the warriors are tough enough. He's no, hedging. The, the only the only people who are like that are the people who are saying um, that that he didn't want to play here. He, did, he didn't want to come back. He was never going to come back. And and I believe him. I believe him when he said multiple times that that's just simply not the case. I, so, you you give someone any amount of money, they will probably do something. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, he has to obviously like it in order to resign there. Yeah. But you know, this is in this. It's a conversation for another day. But like this, he lines up with Devers. Like he's more of the Devers ilk than of the Bogarts ilk. MVP caliber, you mean? No, no. Just about like how that's what Devers, I Devers, I believe, thinks along the lines of how Mookie thinks. This is a business. I want to like this is what Devers has already said. That's true, and especially with the fact that Devers turned down that first. I want to be paid like like I deserve to be paid. Right. That's what he and Bogarts thinks that too. But I think Bogarts wants to be paid around that and then stay. You know. Yeah, I I think I think Bogarts has much more of that old time. Oh, I have to be loyal to a. Yeah, with a caveat. I mean, yeah, he, like he's he also realizes the business of it, but I think he is he has more of that loyalty, not loyalty gene, and not saying Devers doesn't have that loyalty, but I think there's much more of a relationship between the city, the team, and you know, Bogarts than Devers yeah. has there. All right, well, as you can see, the sun is going down here in Chicago. I, I got four percent on my laptop, Rob. All right, that's not code. Um, all right. Good stuff. All righty.